0: Chan
1: Chronicles, Venerable Master Shenhua's life and legacy kept alive through stories told by his senior disciples. This is the first in a series of podcasts where Reverend Hung Shur expounds on Master Hua's six guidelines for cultivating the mind ground.
0: The mind ground is open to any evil that I might foster, greed, anger, delusion. It's open to any wholesome qualities that I might emphasize, compassion, kindness, sympathetic joy. So this is the mind ground teaching. And... So how do you do it? He said, pay attention. The teachings are hui guang, fan jiao. introspect, look within, watch your mind and be a good gardener and make it a clean, safe, well-lit place to cultivate in. And this is where the seeds of bodhi or awakening grow into the fruit of bodhi, which is awakening.
1: I'm your host, Fabrizio Alberico. Please visit our website, dharmaradio.org, for more information about these podcasts and the people and organizations that make them possible. So with all of Master Hua's legacies, What would you say is unique about the way that he taught and what he taught?
0: Master Hua had a variety of names, titles that is, that he went by depending on how he was teaching. He was a Chan master, so he'd be Chan master, Shenhua. And in the West we know about Zen masters, so this is the Chan master. Sometimes he was Tripitaka master, meaning he was going to be teaching from sutras. Um, He... Was part of, of the tradition called the Mahayana from China, the, known as the Great Vehicle, which he changed to Northern Tradition, because great sounds bigger than small or lesser. And that's, he was interested in putting the Buddha's Sangha back together, not splitting it up into greater and smaller vehicles. So, the Northern Tradition, many people, when they think about Chinese Buddhism or Chan, just think about meditation. That's Buddhism, right? Chan is, meditation is Buddhism, Buddhism is meditation. But when I got to Gold Mountain Monastery, I was surprised to discover that meditation was only part of what uh, Chan, Buddhist, Mahayana, Buddhist monk, uh, did every day. So there are these things called the five schools in the Mahayana, which are the way it's actually lived, what you actually do as a Mahayana Buddhist. And the five schools are... Chan, indeed, meditation. Uh, in yoga, that might be jnana yoga or raja yoga, which is you look at the mind and you, you're very interested in, in uh, your own strength. So Master Hua taught the Chan school. He, his teacher was the Chan patriarch, Master Empty Cloud. So there's another major school of Buddhist practice, which is the one probably least known in the West, and that's devotion. That would be bhakti yoga, if you were analyzing this in terms of yoga. And it's devotion. It's the practice of reciting the name of the Buddha Amitabha using his vows, others' power, instead of the own power of Chan, using Amitabha's vows with the wish that you go to his pure land, the place where suffering is over, a land called Sukhavati, or utmost bliss. Master Hua taught that with great strength. And many of his... Chinese uh, disciples from Hong Kong, from China, from Taiwan, from Malaysia and Singapore heard that and loved this notion of, of uh, pure land and, and reciting the Buddha's name. I might mention that Guanyin Bodhisattva uh, is also strongly connected to the pure land. So that's two out of five. And those are the major uh, aspects of the Mahayana that Master Hua strongly taught. But as we mentioned in other uh, portions of this, this podcast, that uh, Master Hua also explains sutras every single night, 90 minutes of every day. And so that's the third one called the teaching school. And the teaching school, so to speak, in Chinese called the xiaozong, um, is the fo- focuses on words the Buddha spoke, the sutras, the texts. And again, if it weren't for Master Hua's emphasizing this, most of us in the West would have no knowledge that this giant body of literature exists, followed by the even larger body of commentaries. Over the thousands of years of the Buddhist tradition in China, learned men and women have opened these sutras and left commentaries behind, and that's a vast, untapped source of Buddhist knowledge. So he also taught the teaching school, there is a fourth one, which is the Mantrayana. And the Mantrayana, um, also known as the secret school or the esoteric school, um, focuses on words of power. Um, for example, every Chinese tradition, monk or nun, every day uh, begins the morning by reciting the Sharangama mantra for 15 minutes, the longest mantra. In the Mahayana tradition, followed by the great compassion mantra, the Maha Karuna Dharani, it's called, focused on Guanyin Bodhisattva. Followed by ten small mantras, followed by the Heart Sutra, which has its own Gate Gate Paragate Parasamgate Bodhismaha, the Heart Sutra mantra.
1: Gate Gate Paragate Parasamgate Bodhisvaha.
0: So the mantra school is its own unit as a teaching school. Master Hua gave us that tradition, so that's the fourth one. And then the fifth one, which is probably the least... I guess popular would be the way to describe it, is called the Vinaya School, the Vinaya School. And the Vinaya School focuses on the Buddha's precepts, on the organizing rules for the community. And it became its own study. So there are people who just love the precision and the purity and the clarity of the Vinaya School and uh, working to cleanse the mind of attachment and defilement and corruption that arises from the greed, hatred, and stupidity of my own nature. You know, it's an internal process of cleansing. The idea being that the Buddha nature, which is the goal of all five of these schools, is free of any kind of corruption and pollution or defilement because it includes everything, including all the corruption, pollution, and defilement. But once the self is gone, the grasping, attaching self, then there's nothing not pure. So the, the Vinaya school is another approach. So those are the five, and that's a long drink of water, you know, to to understand. But here's people. here are people who say, oh, Buddhism? Meditation, right? The peace guy, he's the Buddha, right? Yeah, yeah, the peace guy is the Buddha, but he also, you know, meditates, recites the Buddha's name, listens to the Buddha's voice, recites mantras to use vibrations to calm and quell and to to uh, bring peace to things and then also investigates the purity of the nature Mm -hmm. so the five schools of the mahayana so you could say a short answer to your question is he taught all five of those and gave us the whole fabric of the mahayana So among those there is a signature teaching that Master Hua emphasized called the mind ground. The Chinese call it Xin Di Faman, the Dharma door or the Dharma method or gateway to the Dharma of the Mind Ground. And he emphasized that in a way similar to how his teacher, uh, Master Xu Yun, Empty Cloud, Emphasize the mind ground the way master han shan deqing of the ming dynasty emphasized the mind ground and how the sixth patriarch the great master the sixth patriarch of the tang dynasty this is kind of the line of the mind ground that says it's this is what is it? metaphor it says the mind is like a garden it will happily grow impartially any seed you plant Plant potatoes, you get potatoes. Plant apples, you get apples. Plant roses, it grows roses. Plant nothing and the weeds flourish. The mind ground is open to any evil that I might foster, greed, anger, delusion. It's open to any wholesome qualities that I might emphasize, compassion, kindness, sympathetic joy. So this is the mind ground teaching. And... So how do you do it? He said, pay attention. The teachings are hui guang, introspect, look within, watch your mind, and be a good gardener, and make it a clean, safe, well-lit place to cultivate in. And this is where the seeds of bodhi, or awakening, grow into the fruit of bodhi, which is the awakening, the Buddha's own wisdom. So that's, that's the mind ground method. And um, there's a specific way that he taught to approach it. He, there's a, a, a kung fu, a gong fu, of being a good mind ground gardener that he taught, which emerged as Master Hua's signature teaching. Um, and not at the very start of when he first arrived and started teaching Westerners from 1968 on, but it was later. Um, when, he, when the city of 10,000 Buddhas came along, that the, something arose called the Six Guidelines. And what they amount to are six particular thoughts to weed out, six particular weeds of the mind which are common and uh, will, will happily grow, especially in the culture of the 20th century of the West and the 21st century now. So he said, "Pay attention to these." And there's a he expressed them in a a negative version, kind of like the weed these out, compost these thoughts. But there's a positive way to express them that, to my mind, appeals to me as a Westerner, uh, as somebody who um, wants to enter the community with a wholesome vibe, with a, a um, an upbeat, positive contribution to the neighborhood I live in, to the the times I live in, and I'll share those on the positive side too. The six guidelines go like this. He said, watch the mind and don't fight. First one. Buzheng was the first one. No fighting. Also, no contention. You could say no competition, but you need to to interpret that so no fighting the positive expression is yielding now where did that come from he said fighting in the mind is an attitude of winner and loser victory and defeat it stands in opposition to the Tao the Tao is the Buddha's mind expressed in the world and when you're fighting suddenly there's a self there's others there's friend and foe there's ally and enemy, there's win and lose, there's a big winner, number one. He said that's the worst thing that the marketplace world gives us is this notion that the goal of a life well-lived is to be the best, number one, foremost, the the winner. He said that's the end of the Tao. Cultivation is transforming that thought. And what do you do? Give it away. You yield. Give number one to anyone else. And Master Hua himself lived that way. He would always go last. Whenever there was a line, he went to the back of the line. Good things, he gave them away. He truly did. This is not just, you know, high-minded philosophy. You saw him do this. His picture was not plastered everywhere you look. He was humble and gave the good parts, including number one, to everyone else. So no fighting is the first one. Pujang.
1: And how was that received in that in the context back in late '60s, early '70s America, where this you know cowboy mentality was? Oh my goodness! Well, it was medicine, it was healing, mm-hmm.
0: and he would say, you know, you Americans, you just all you want to, you're first in everything. You want to be number one. He said, don't you think that's a lot of suffering? How many number ones can there be? Mm-hmm. You know, and then how about everyone else? So I was thinking about that, and I. <laughs> I was The other day I was uh, in a, at, up at City of 10,000 Buddhas, which you know was a, a former uh, state hospital for the insane, uh, run by the state of California. And I was in one of the old bathrooms that had been built in the 30s, 35, 30s and 40s. And I was standing at the toilet, looking at the toilet seat cover protector, those paper things you pull out to cover this. And there it was. It said, first in quality, first in protection. (laughs) I thought, by golly, even the toilet seat covers want to be number one. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's how you win in the marketplace. Well, the Buddha Dharma says we have lives beyond the marketplace. We are not entirely stomachs and Mm mouths. There's also a Buddha nature inside that is the cultivated in what's called the way place, not the marketplace. The, the Chang in Chinese, not the Shichang, where you buy and sell things. And you, of course, in the marketplace, you want to be number one, you're best. Mm-hmm. You Buy my product, it's the best. When you cultivate the way, that's what you give away. You yield, and the self, bit by bit by bit, loses its grasp on your life as being, I'm in the middle, I'm number one, I'm the only person... And I'm lonely and I'm alienated and I'm lost and I'm afraid and I don't understand, nobody understands, you know, there's the problem. So, by giving us this sense of there's joy and liberation and communality and a sense of, of uh, uh, reconnection to our roots, once you let go of this need to be number one. So, no fighting was the first one. Interpreted on the mind ground, yes, that's a healing salve and a balm for, for everything that's wrong with, with me, me, me. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's the first one. And uh, it's when you apply that in the world, I mean, you think, uh, here we were in an, in an America right now where one alternative to conflict is to pull out your gun and start killing. Somehow our culture of being number one has taken us to a place where lethal force is an acceptable alternative to to conflict. Mm -hmm. You know, you get out of my way, you diss me and you're dead. So it connects to the Buddha's precept of no killing and it's life fostering. So fostering life is the result of no fighting. It goes like this. If in my mind, as I am watching my mind, I see a thought of contention arise, road rage, or somebody insults me or something. If I can say, nope, I compost that thought. I pull it out, toss it, uproot the weed in the mine ground, throw it on the compost heap, let it become fertilizer, then I've saved a life, stopped a war, put myself in the flow of the Tao, and joined in spirit with the person who otherwise was enemy, was, you know... uh, corpse on the ground you know someone i shoot at so this has direct uh pragmatic applications day to day in my cultivation no fighting yield instead let the others go first and that's a very wholesome you know way to live The other thing is, if I say, uh, I, I am approaching the Buddha's path, I like to walk the Buddha's path, I want to live in a way that doesn't harm, that doesn't fight, then when it comes time to look at larger social issues, I know where I stand. I want to nourish my body in a way that doesn't involve taking life. Why? No fighting, also no killing. So maybe I want to look at plant-based food alternatives plenty of nutrition nothing died for my lunch no eyes on my plate looking back at me at lunch um, so number two when it comes time to talk about going to war are there alternatives to armed aggression you know countries rich men in this country fighting rich men in that country using the lives of young men as their collateral no I, I don't fight Okay, I have an attitude towards war and peace. What about militarization? You know, what about spending all our money on weapons to kill? No, I'd rather spend the money on things of foster life because philosophically and practically, I say I don't fight. So having this mind ground method in the first guideline gives me this whole perspective on real world issues that. Is so nice to be able to say, I know where I stand. I, th- when I go out and talk about how spirituality enters the public sphere, so many people say, well, I'm just confused. I mean, I don't really know who's right. You say, mm, you know what? Personally, I wash my mind, and I don't allow thoughts of fighting and anger to take root. And what that means is I want to yield number one. I want to make a world of harmony, of peace, of fostering our humanity and our lives, not just for humans, but for all living beings. They go, oh, that's so clear. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that clarity. Thank you for that connection from spiritual conviction and commitment to social action. So that's, this is Master Hua's mind-ground Dharma teaching, and uh, that's the first of six There are five more that also, when you explain them, they suddenly, it gives you this clear, well-lit, straight, connected path to walk. Being a child of the 60s and going through everything from the Chicago police riots at the Democratic National Convention and uh, the Vietnam War, and then Iraq 1 and Iraq 2 and Afghanistan, and watching um, my generation uh, now come back to men who are younger than me, but who come back from war with traumatic stress and who then proceed to kill themselves, with regularity now. Uh, And coming back from Australia, where I spend part of my year, and knowing that of any hundred soldiers, uh, men and women, maybe one or two die in hostile fire or in accidents, and 25 take their own lives. um, We have a crisis, an epidemic of something broken in our understanding of what humans are supposed to do, how humans are supposed to live in the world. And when I look at Master Hua's um, teachings on the mind ground, Chan uh, proceeds from um, watching thoughts of of fighting. That's the first guideline, is the first way to approach the mind ground as a good gardener is to identify, in my mind, thoughts of fighting and anger and contention and flipping them over, just saying, "Mm, I'm going to exercise some free will in my mind and not let that contention rise. I'm not going to plant that seed. Um, I'm going to manifest yielding and compassion. Then I have my, my Buddhism is working for me. That's how religion is helpful. When I can have a guideline arising from watching my own invisible, silent inner behavior, my thoughts, putting the energy there and saying, no, I'm not going to pursue thoughts of fighting.
1: So I'm wondering, from a practical perspective, it seems like a big shift when someone is to make that mind ground shift towards non-harming. How does that actually manifest? I know that you did a bowing pilgrimage for a couple of years up the coast of California. Did you encounter situations where you were able to road test that philosophy, so to speak? Mm, The
0: fact that I wasn't talking helped a lot. I had a vow of silence during my pilgrimage, the two and a half years that I was bowing and then three and a half more years uh, just in the monastery and and around. So knowing that I wasn't going to smart back when somebody was directing verbal abuse or challenges or uh, put-downs or even praise, uh, I didn't have the option of putting my thoughts in, fighting back with words. And growing up, I was a skinny kid. I was not a fighter. And so my words was one of my primary ways of defending myself. So uh, to take that away was part of the, the answer to your question. How, did, how does not fighting as a cultivation principle that you practice, as a cultivation practice of that principle, how does it work? Know, knowing that I'm not going to smart back. I'm not going to retort. Was settled some of the issue. But that didn't affect my thoughts. Uh, knowing that I wasn't going to talk, my thoughts were still rising. And so the thought of when someone was, for example, coming up to save me uh, from a, an evangelist point of view, uh, myself and Marty Verhoeven, former Bikshu Hung Chow were proselytized every single day along the coast of California. And sure enough, um, there's evangelical religions where saving souls is doing God's work. You're supposed to do that, bring the good news to people who are lost according to their perspective. So in the process of being saved every day, um, it was clear that fighting back was not going to bring clarity to me or wasn't going to help the person who was endeavoring so hard to to save me. So the knowing that I had to if if my mind moved, if even though my mouth was quiet, if I was resisting and struggling and thinking ill will towards somebody who was trying to to get me to agree with them, um, they were going to register that. And the world was still full of conflict, you know. So no fighting as a guideline. What happened was, on multiple occasions, I would be bowing. Somebody is there with their mouth inches from from my ear, telling me that the Lord sees my efforts to work my way to heaven as filthy rags. You can't work your way to heaven only by grace alone, is one saved. Which is not cause and effect. You know, the idea that you rely entirely upon a divinity's, you know, compassion or love for humanity, that that is that's not what I understand how it works in the universe, that you actually have to harvest the results of the seeds you plant, you know, that cause and effect is true. So in my mind, instead of finding theological debate points with this person and creating the energy, the invisible but real energy of conflict, um, I saw myself and the person wanting to save me kind of from above in a way, which is what two humans, two living beings, not yet awake, enacting a cosmic drama, in a way, of paths to salvation, paths to liberation. Two different approaches, but totally united in that wish to make sense of our human life that is so brief and so full of, of contention and confusion and struggle and unclarity. And Here we were on the coast of California, um, each in our own way, walking towards the light, and how fruitless and futile to create more darkness in that search. The, the only path of wisdom at that point is to forgive, to embrace, to uh, be like water, and flow together towards... Uh, a larger ocean of awareness. Because why? The alternative is just more of the same confusion. Why fight? Fighting gets you nowhere. And suddenly, Master Hua's verse just emerged. Fighting is an attitude of victory and defeat. It stands in opposition to the Tao. There's more to the verse. It goes further. It creates the... Si, xiang, xin, the mind that has four attributes self, others, living beings, and lifespan. Where is samadhi going to come from? So, fighting is an attitude of victory and defeat. It stands in opposition to the way. Further, it creates the four mark mind. Where will your samadhi arise? And samadhi is a goal of, of Buddhist practice this the state of right focus and right stillness and jhungding jungso where you're in a a place of harmony of body heart and spirit and the universe around you is in samadhi so this is a the this is actually if you had to say there's one formula that the buddha taught that uh, unifies all the different various strands of the Buddhist family, it's Shila samadhi prajna Sanskrit. Pali says sila-samadhi-panya. English would be precepts, concentration, and wisdom, or character, clarity, and focus, and insight. So the first step is how you live. And this is what we're saying, you don't fight find a way to yield and the results of that it can be this focus this concentration this stillness and purity where everything harmonizes and just the way if you people who know stringed instruments maybe you're a violinist or maybe you're a a cellist or maybe a guitar player a banjo player if you take a string and hold your finger at the midpoint, the mathematical midpoint of the string, and tap it, you get a harmonic. And it's an octave higher. you can, they say, bring your humanity to express its ultimate perfection as a human, Buddhahood is there. Just the way the harmonic is available in the string, it's eight steps higher, but you have to tap it. You have to actually cultivate the mind ground to mix the metaphor here in order to get that octave out. So here I am being Saved by a preacher man on the coast of California while I'm bowing and he's shouting in my ear. And the thought of fighting back is just so endless and futile. There's no fruit coming out of that. Instead, say, let's all get free. Wouldn't it be lovely to be free of self and others, rights and wrongs, true and false, your team, my team? fighting not going to get us a hit so that's that's the manifestation of how it works um, if you had to give it a practice you'd say patience patience is the way under they call it patience under insult it's actually one of the buddhist paramitas one of the perfections so if you can uh, can be patient under insult and transcend victory and defeat and simply not fight You can reach samadhi. You can get to this place where it's all in harmony. And human life has another whole resonance at that point. It's like we can be more than people struggling in the dirt to be right.
1: That concludes this episode of Chan Chronicles. Many thanks go out to the Berkeley Buddhist Monastery and Reverend Hung Shur for their hospitality. Our website, once again, dharmaradio.org, has much more for you to click through. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, so you'll be sure to receive new episodes of Chan Chronicles as soon as they're available. Amitofo.